0: It's such a privilege to be here with you guys. Uh, some of you know my sister, and I just really appreciate Lisa. She's she's an amazing woman, and uh, so I hope I can live up to how great she is, (laughs) but you know, it's all God. And I I find whenever I get asked to preach, it's a very humbling thing because it's like, who am I, who am I to tell you guys, you know? I'm sure many of you have walked with God much longer than I have and know a lot more, but I just want to be a vessel to encourage you in the word of God. Uh, Barry was talking about my previous boss who moved away and he had a number of friends that were named Barry. So we had, uh, as a staff, we had a, a code names and you were Mountain Barry. <laughs> so yeah, we had so many different berries we had to keep track of. So, uh, so privileged to be here, thank you so much. Um, Barry asked me to speak on joy as this is the Advent Sunday and the first Sunday and we're speaking on joy today. Um, When you think about joy, think about what brings you joy. There can be so many different things in our lives that bring us joy. It can be small little things, it can be big things like a wedding, or it can be small things like going for coffee with a friend or, you know, just seeing a sunset. That's actually not a small thing, it's pretty amazing especially on the valley I and mean, on the island. Uh, we don't see sunsets very often here. Um, it can be a sports team winning. Uh, my husband loves soccer and when he hears, I can hear him watching his soccer game and if somebody gets a goal, I hear it. I know he, he's excited. And so those things can bring us joy. It can be leisure, it can be mountain climbing. <laughs> It can be Christmas. Christmas brings joy to much of us, uh, many of us, especially our children. You know, children get very excited about lead-up to Christmas. For me, joy I find in family. Uh, I find joy in running. I love to run. It's my therapy, and it's a time I have alone with God. I love having coffee with friends. That brings me a lot of joy. But all of these things that bring us joy in these ways are temporal every one of them can be stripped away in a moment. Our family, our leisure, our, maybe our abilities, our friends, any of them, they can be stripped away. And I'm sure many of you have experienced that where we've lost something that has brought us great joy. I want to watch a really quick video right now and it's, we're gonna see some joy. As Allied troops sweep onwards towards Paris, a three-word announcement from the capital brings the great news Paris is liberated. Cheering crowds line the streets as the Allies speed through the outskirts. The Union Jack flies beside those other flags that have been forbidden for four long years of Nazi rule. At the spearhead of the advance is General Leclerc's French 2nd Armoured Division. And well in the picture are men of the FFI whose comrades inside the city have helped to force the swaggering Germans to surrender. No wonder these French folk have gone wild with joy. I love that, wild with joy. (laughs) Can you imagine? I, I can't actually imagine what that must have felt like. We have never in Canada had that experience where we've been occupied by another country. What a horrible four years that they experienced. Uh, my husband is actually from France and we lived in Saint-Malo in France. Anybody's watched the All the Light We Cannot See or read the book, that is actually from Saint-Malo. And we were living in Saint-Malo at the um, time when it was a celebration of the 50th anniversary of the liberation of Saint-Malo. And on every street corner they had pictures of what that street would have looked like just after the war. The devastation, it was 80% destroyed by the bombs of the Allies. And so the people were celebrating uh, uh, the 50th anniversary, and there was actually some people who were there who had lived through it and were in parades and spoke and stuff, and, and you could just sense, wow, we have no comprehension here in Canada what that was like. So that is just amazing, the joy that they experienced here. But Christmas, for us, marks the beginning of the story of our Jesus, our liberator, who brings great joy for all people. Such a great joy. So I'm going to be sharing from a passage this morning. Ashley, thank you so much for sharing. Your passage is exactly what I'm preaching on this morning about Mary and Elizabeth. But I'm just going to give you some um, background. Uh, we're speaking from Luke, actually, um, beginning in 39 into 45. But just before this, um, Zacharias was a priest, and he was told that his wife Elizabeth was going to have a child would be John the Baptist, and his wife was old and past the age of bearing children, had never had any children, so this was a miracle birth. Uh, And so, and then after that, Jesus was Uh, Sorry, Jesus was foretold by the angel to Mary that she was going to give birth to a child as well. And here she was, a virgin, a a young woman who had never had a child as well. So both of these women had been told by angels that they were going to have a miracle birth. Uh, a totally unexpected thing that was going to happen to them. So shortly after the the angel had met with Mary, uh, it says in verse 39, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped for joy. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and a loud voice exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. The baby leaped for joy. I just love that story. I just love it. So here we are. We have two women who have incredible births or pregnancies and both of them are, are, it's so unusual for them. They have nobody to, especially Mary, she has nobody to go to and express this. Have you ever been in a situation where you have something that you wanna tell people about but you can't uh, or they won't relate? it can be something really great or it can be something really bad but you you have nobody you can share it with so mary's in that position she's been told that she's going to have a baby who she, who can she go to but the angel had told her that elizabeth her cousin was 6 months along and so she realized that elizabeth is going through the same thing as me i need to be with her and so she went to be with elizabeth and, and it would have been just such a satisfaction for her to be with somebody who could relate to what she's going through so as she walks through the door, uh, Elizabeth is overwhelmed uh, by the Holy Spirit. And the baby leaps in her womb, and she begins to prophesy right away, saying that this child that, that Mary is, is holding is going to be this, the Savior. And so there's this incredible joy that comes over uh, Elizabeth and the baby in her womb. Six months gestation, this baby is jumping for joy, and the Holy Spirit came on them. So both uh, Mary and Elizabeth had been living in this expectation. So the expectation of a savior had been in them for for years and years. Uh, we know that um, the world was occupied by the enemies of our soul, God had promised a redemption and the people were waiting this arrival. All people are under the oppression of the prince of this world, who Jesus called, the prince of this world in John twelve thirty who is the devil. It all began in the Garden of Eden. And Adam and Eve, when they chose to sin against God and disobey God, they when the devil deceived them, they were created to rule and reign, but they handed over the authority to the enemy. They submitted to him they, by disobeying God. They surrendered their authority. So now the devil reigns in this world and it's called the prince of this world. He has created a, uh, uh, This has created a world of suffering and where we live in occupation, of sin we are born with this sin in us because of that and death are we were created for life but death reigns over us our souls have a conflict going on in us because we know that this isn't the way we were created to be we have in our dna a need of a savior in our souls the dna of our souls is crying out for a savior so there's this is expectation that they needed a savior and uh so this um, this promise that they had heard about it began in the beginning in Genesis when Jesus or God said to the enemy during the the the, um, the fall. He said to the enemy in 315, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So this was the beginning of the prophecy that Jesus would come and that Jesus was going to set them free. They were expecting a Messiah and there was over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament from the time of Genesis up to Jesus, 300 over 300 prophecies about jesus and who he would be and mary and elizabeth knew about this they knew that this was coming he even uh, even in isaiah it was prophesied that jesus would be born of a virgin isaiah 7:14. So this was their expectation, Mary and Elizabeth. And so sometimes the joy comes from when you're expecting something like Christmas, that whole buildup of expectation for children. It's that expectation that makes Christmas so exciting. So Mary and Elizabeth, the expectation of a savior, a Messiah, and then finding out he's come. So the revelation comes on that day when they meet when they greet each other that revelation but how did the revelation come to them it comes by the power of the holy spirit the holy spirit revealed to them both that the long awaited savior was arriving in luke 1:41 it says that elizabeth was filled with the holy spirit And it also says in uh, verse 15 in chapter 1, it said that the Holy Spirit would also come on, sorry, on 15, it was said that the Holy Spirit would also be in um, John before he was born. I'll read that in uh, 1, 15. It said, he will, sorry, Uh, I got the wrong verse here. Anyways, it says that, that uh, John would be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. And so I think in this moment, when, when the Holy Spirit came on Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit came on John as well, and that's why he was jumping for joy. And in Luke 35, it says that the Holy Spirit came on Mary as well. So it's the power of the Holy Spirit that makes Jesus known to these three. And it is... Uh, that is how they recognize the Savior. And that is for each one of us. Each one of us has been shown who Jesus is by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides and directs us to truth, all truth. And without the Holy Spirit, we cannot know truth. It is also the Holy Spirit that gives us joy. In Galatians 5:22, it tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace patience, forbearance, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Joy is a product of the Holy Spirit. So the three of them were overwhelmed with joy and, and the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth and John were the first in the New Testament of who it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. it's because of the Holy Spirit in them that they recognized the presence of the Savior. It was the Holy Spirit that they were filled with joy. So the reality of the savior this reality that came that Jesus was to arrive caused such great joy for Mary and Elizabeth and even John in the womb. Jesus came to be the savior of the world. Jesus steps into our world and splits time into this long awaited savior is uh, not only for us but for everyone. He was not what people expected. He came humbly he came poor, they expected a mighty king that would come in and save them and, f- and fight their enemies. He brings. He brought healing and his salvation came by death, death on a cross. John three sixteen. the well-known verse says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came to bring that, that, that salvation that freedom the promise was fulfilled when jesus came and he w- redeems our souls he brings true joy the joy that cannot that is not for a moment not temporal but rather is eternal in her hebrews two, 12 2 it says that for the joy set before him jesus endured the cross That joy was bringing liberation for us, for our souls. That joy that he anticipated, the reason he went to the cross was the joy of knowing you and me and having a relationship with you and me. And he went through that for us. And that is the result, is this joy that he gets to know us. Amazing. So the resulting joy of our salvation is... Uh, I'm just going to read the definition of uh, joy from Webster's Dictionary. I have a really, really old dictionary. I don't even know how old it is, but I love it. I find it's more accurate than the newer ones. It says, excitement of pleasurable feelings caused by acquisition or expectation of good. Read that again. Excitement of pleasurable feelings caused by the acquisition or expectation of good. So as it says, acquisition or expectation of good, we have acquired freedom and forgiveness from our sins and we live in an expectation of eternal life with Jesus Christ. That is our joy. This new kind of joy arrived at Christmas, a joy of freedom that only Jesus could bring. We saw the freedom that France gained by the allies coming and setting them free. How much greater is this joy that Jesus brings, who sets us free from our enemy, that has kept us in bondage. Every one of us, every one of us needs freedom from this bondage. Yet this one man came and died. Thousands, millions of people have died in the world wars, millions of them for our freedom. But for Jesus, it was one, only him, and he died and set us free from our bondage. And this came at Christmas time. What a joy. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my salvation story. Um, I got saved at the age of 17. My dad, my parents were not Christians when I grew up. My dad got saved when I was 10. And <coughs> I kind of fought against it. I didn't want to follow in, in his footsteps in, in faith. Um, I, I rebelled and I. Uh, in fact, I was angry at God because my parents ended up splitting up when I was 15 and I blamed Christianity. I thought, I don't want anything to do with this. And it was at a youth group when I was 17, I went to visit my dad. And right away he made me go to church <laughs> and went, drove me and dropped me off at youth group. I did not wanna go, but ended up staying and I, I began going. I was just visiting him for the summer and, and it was a way to be away from him because I didn't have a good relationship with him. and. anyways after about a month of being in this youth group I gave my heart to the Lord and it was during a altar call and I closed my eyes and as I closed my eyes I saw Jesus before me with his hands out and his nail scars and he said to me Julie how long are you gonna keep running from me are you gonna choose today to follow me or not you have to make a choice and so i was like you know what i'm messing my life up as it is i i i'm tired of running from you i will surrender my life to you and i surrendered my life to jesus that moment i had a truly born again experience oh my goodness i was overwhelmed with joy i started crying Uh, laughing at the same time. It was incredible. This weight was lifted off of me and this this veil lifted off my eyes. Literally, I went outside and colors looked brighter and beautiful and I cried for literally two hours. I couldn't stop. I kept saying to everybody, I just gave my heart to Jesus. I'm so excited and they're all like, wow, that's great. (laughs) We went for coffee and I'm in the coffee shop crying. I just gave my life to Jesus and I've never turned back. That joy, that has sustained me and of course there's moments of grief of course there's moments of sadness in my life Uh, we have ups and downs and and yet there's this baseline of, of joy of that freedom of knowing that my life belongs to Jesus Christ and I have that freedom to the degree that we understand how bad our situation is before Christ is the degree of joy, I believe, that we experience when we give our lives to God. And if you don't understand how lost you are, you cannot find your savior. You need to be brought to that point where you recognize, I can't do this on my own. I need a savior. I'm messing up my life. I am lost. I am under this, this dark spirit of, of evil and being controlled by the enemy. And when you understand that, and when Jesus takes that away and he heals, it is an overwhelming joy. And the joy that we now celebrate at Christmas has nothing is nothing that the world can rob from us. This joy that we'd experience with Jesus can never be taken away. I love the story of Paul and Silas in the prison when they were arrested for um, casting the demon out of a woman and they were thrown in prison and in the midnight they're singing and they're praising god they're they're extremely in a bad situation but they're so joyous and praising god and at that time while they're praising god god delivers them from prison and it says that uh he broke them free and, and so the jailer thought oh i'm gonna have to kill myself because i'm gonna be killed for for them getting free and and they say, no, 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 don't, don't do this. Paul and Silas stop him and say, no, you know, he, they tell him the gospel and how to be saved. And it says, in Acts 16, 34, it says, the jailer brought them to his house and set a meal before him. He was filled with joy because he came to believe in God. Isn't that amazing? So, you know, in our darkness, in our 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 really struggles our our deepest darkest times we do have this foundation of joy because of the promise of Jesus Christ before Jesus mankind was under the oppression of the Prince of this world and God has promised a Savior would come Jesus came as a Savior and now we have the choice to be free from the enemy that we live under and we can live a life filled with joy and the Holy Spirit I love that these two women were the first to know that Jesus was going to come. Often us women get a bad rap because Eve was the first one to eat the apple, right? Or whatever fruit it was. And so we get a bad rap. So I almost feel like God was saying, you know, I still value women. You know, I really value you. You're important. And so he allowed these two women to be the first to know. And it's interesting because Mary Magdalene was the first to know that Jesus has risen from the dead too. So thank you, God, I needed that. <laughs> but they were living in expectation, these two women, and they had received the Holy Spirit that re- real to them, their, their Savior was come. The reality of who Jesus is changes our reality and sets our, us free and gives us a joy that can never be taken away. And the last verse I want to read is in Luke 2.10. It says, But the angel said to them, and this is when the shepherds were in the field, and the angels came and appeared to them. And the angel said, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that causes great joy for all people. This is for everyone. This is not just for the Jewish people of the time. This is for all of us. Everyone, every one of us needs Jesus. And I just pray that each one of you will find this in your hearts. You will have Jesus as the center of our celebration of of Christmas. And I'm just going to pray for you. Father God, I just thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for this moment of unexpressible joy that that Elizabeth had, the Holy Spirit revealing to her who you are. Thank you, Father, you reveal to us even today who you are, that we can know you, that we can be freed from our oppressors and have that redemption that brings us liberation so that we can follow you, we can have a relationship with you, and we can live our lives on a joy that can never, ever be taken away. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.